entire world is watching the presidential election in Iran. For Today's other top story, what could be an historic opening with Iran. With the U.S. and Iran on the brink. Bloodshed the in the streets of Iran. The mass At protests least. in Iran are showing no signs of ending. This is Iran Uncovered, a podcast by Nufti. And in Washington, D.C., I'm your host, Cameron Consarinia. The coronavirus. We've been living with it for months now, and perhaps at this stage, it seems like more of a nuisance than a public health concern. But for those who have died and their families, it is still indeed a crisis. Perhaps nowhere more is that crisis more acutely felt than in Iran. Our guest today is an Iranian emergency physician, a surgical critical care specialist on the front lines of the war against COVID-19 in New York, and an expert in public health. He holds faculty appointments with the Department of Emergency Medicine and Surgery as an assistant professor and is an alumnus of the Imperial Medical Center, now the Iran University of Medical Sciences, Imperial College London, and the University of Pennsylvania. He has spoken and written widely about the COVID-19 pandemic and especially its impact on Iran. Today, we'll hear from Dr. Daniel Jaffetti. Iran is an ancient civilization with a culture and history celebrated the world over. Its millennia-old empire, unlike others, was even as a conquering power, an arbiter of justice. This ethos, first established by Cyrus the Great in his famous cylinder pronouncing the world's first declaration of human rights, is an immense source of pride for Iranians. This ancient heritage feels, for every Iranian, like a personal inheritance. Yet, for 41 years, the nation that established justice for its subjects has been subject to one of the most unjust regimes in history. The Islamic Republic has, in the past 41 years, killed thousands of Iranians because of their beliefs, their religion, their gender, their ethnicity, their sexual orientation, and often for seemingly no reason at all. Its track record of crimes against humanity extends well beyond its borders, as it continues to cement itself as the foremost international sponsor of terror. Its crimes are often ignored abroad, however, as with the assistance of a well-coordinated cabal of lobbyists and apologists in the West, it makes itself out to be just another actor on the global political stage or a garden variety dictatorship. Through propaganda, misinformation, and a web of half-truths and doublespeak, the truth about what happens in Iran has long been suppressed. In this podcast, we'll endeavor to uncover what's really happening, what the world is missing. Stay with us as we explore Iran Uncovered. Brought to you by Nufti. The coronavirus pandemic has dominated the global discourse for months, but now a second phase has begun, an assessment of the world's response to the virus. From the Chinese response to the varying responses in America to those in Europe, each appears to have had things go well and not so well. But most governments, backed by experts, are assumed to be acting in the best interests of their citizens. In Iran, however, accusations have swirled that the Islamic Republic has risked the lives of its people 
to keep itself in power. Its official death rate appears to be vastly underreported, and activists and journalists have been arrested for even discussing the virus. To find out more about what's been different about COVID-19 in Iran, I'm pleased to be joined by my friend, Dr. Daniel Jaffery. Daniel, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Daniel, you're on the front lines fighting COVID in New York, but I know because of your background, uh, where you train, you're also in touch with a lot of doctors inside Iran. What are they saying? What are they telling you of the Islamic Republic's reaction to this virus? And what's the state of affairs today in Iran? I, I've been in touch with uh, multiple frontline physicians and providers in, in inside Iran uh, during this pandemic. Um, now, as, as you know, the, the peak, so to speak, uh, occurred in Iran much earlier. And in fact, um, it, through uh, genomic studies, it was shown that uh, a lot of uh, secondary seeding of the virus throughout the globe was uh, through Iran. So it was one of the very early sites, I think, chronologically, after China, Iran was the second epicenter. Um, and then it was, I think, Italy. Um, and those physicians, um, I mean, um, all respect to um, nurses, physicians, all the frontline providers over in Iran, um, based on what I heard from the first-hand experience, it sounded uh, very, very much in line with what people in Italy experienced and what people in uh, New York um, area did uh, a while later. Mm. It was uh, and, and pretty devastating. You, you mentioned the, the medical staff, the doctors, the nurses, those who work in, in hospitals and clinics um, in Iran being, being so brave. I think one thing we've witnessed the world over has been the gratitude um, that people have towards the, the medical staff and, and how they've worked to keep us safe and, and heal the sick. Uh, and that absolutely seems to be the case in Iran. I've, we see it a lot on Persian language, social media, people thanking the doctors and, and the medical staff. But it seems that the case in Iran is is different uh, in that globally um, medical staff and governments are working hand in hand. But in Iran, it appears as if the advice that doctors are giving, that hospital staff are giving is at odds with what the regime is saying. So what can you tell us of, of this sort of dichotomy of this conflict between what doctors are saying and what the regime is telling people to do? Yeah, uh, let me be very clear uh, from the get-go. I think uh, every single one of these uh, providers did the best they could. Um, I personally think had the situation has been as dire as it was uh, for these people in Iran, um, as it, it would have been in any anywhere else in the world, uh, they would, I mean, a lot of people would hesitate uh, doing their duties. Yeah, it, it was just unacceptably high risk that was incurred on these uh, people, uh, essentially passed on to providers uh, out of sheer incompetence of the officials. Uh, they essentially um, were working in uh, really uh, questionable uh, uh, environment in terms of safety. And um, they, they still managed to uh, take care of uh, hundreds of thousands of patients uh, that uh, across the country had to deal with this uh, uh, terrible, terrible disease. And 
whatever I'm going to say again is not going to apply to these people. But I think on a on a on a societal level, we essentially seen what an an incompetent regime uh, can do to its own people. If you look through the the response, it was if I had to if I had to summarize it, I would say it was sort of the uh, the, the flavor of the uh, communist uh, party of China minus the competency. So it was rigged with uh, uh, opaqueness, lack of transparency, and uh, just flat out lies um, and compounded by the fact that uh, corruption is rampant and there's uh, literally no one is in charge. So there's no authority. Um, you would see, you would frequently see throughout that on on the medical aspect. And I heard this from nurses and physicians who work in um, really badly hit areas. That uh, one day they would say that uh, the, the authorities would say that oh you have to accept every single patient that comes in, and then the very next day uh, they would be not available to provide uh, the uh, protective equipment for providers. Um, and on, on a societal level, we kind of saw this um, playing out exactly as you would expect it from uh, a, a, a corrupt regime as, as the Islamic Republic. It was um, heartbreaking to see a, 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 a government that has zero respect for its um, uh, own citizens' life and safety and uh, keep lying at the face of undeniable... Uh, truth. Um, it was very much apparent even to people. I don't know if you've seen videos of even it broke down so badly that it, at some point, I think I've, I remember watching a video from one of the local policemen of northern Iran um, essentially blocking the road in uh, uh, contradiction to what the uh, central government uh, actually mandated. Uh, the essentially we're encouraging people to go on about their lives as normal. Uh, I think it was some form of uh, holidays in Iran, and they they were saying, "Yeah, you can you can go. Uh, it should be should be fine." And this uh, local policeman was uh, promising um, people of uh, his own town that I will uh, keep this roads blocked uh, because I do not want you guys to die. Wow! Wow! Uh, there have been so many videos on on. Persian language social media. I'm, I'm sure you've seen several like this, uh, of which there were many of children passing out uh, in the streets, older women struggling to walk and, and reach a hospital for treatment, but collapsing outside of it and, and being unable to be treated. Just just showing the the overall um, inability uh, of this regime to respond to the virus. Um, You've, you've described the utter lack with which doctors and medical staff are forced to attempt to treat people and, and, and slow the spread of this disease. Um, but globally, uh, the reaction uh, to this virus uh, has not been perfect. I think we, we can all agree that in the United States here, for example, there are critiques leveled at the federal government, at state governments, at local governments, the same in Europe and Asia. Um, is what has happened in Iran that much worse. Uh, I mean, we, we see coverage um, comparing the reaction of the regime in Iran to uh, the reaction of, of governments in the West and, and, and the 
the comment is basically, look, this is a novel virus and nobody has responded to it perfectly and therefore critiques, uh, uh, critiques specifically aimed at the Islamic Republic are, are not fair. Um, so what, what's, what's your view of this? Is what has happened in Iran that much worse than what has happened in the rest of the world? And, and if so, why? Yeah, I, I think you have to make a distinction. Um, there are two levels of uh, breakdown in your processes. Uh, one is uh, random and the other one is systemic. Um, in, 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 in the grand scheme of things, of course, no one was prepared. I think there was only one person, uh, there was a biologist who worked for federal government for a while and was consulting the US government for over 10 years, um, who uh, I think um, felt vindicated after all this because um, he essentially wrote a book saying that the next big um, global threat is um, actually uh, respiratory viruses. And uh, the rest of the world was just not thinking in those terms like, toward responding to that. I, uh, I, I'm an emergency physician as well as an ICU doctor and on the emergency side, you always prepare for uh, uh, disasters. And uh, every uh, big academic center in the United States is tasked with coming up with, uh, with procedures and essentially guidelines for when um, disaster strikes. Um, and it, it, I can tell you in, in almost every single one of them, um, there is no provision on how to deal with a, a, a respiratory virus pandemic. There is a, a range of uh, options on chemical attacks. There is a range of options on natural disasters. Um, there's certainly a lot of uh, provisions for mass casualty events from uh, uh, active shooters, but um, no one thought about this. Um, and I, I don't think you can blame anyone across the globe for this because we were just, we, we were in, a, we were living in a different paradigm. I think I firmly believe that this uh, coronavirus uh, it, it is a is a life-altering event for a lot of us and for the, for the world in general. Um, but going back to uh, what I was saying earlier, apart from this big um, proviso that I I just talked about, the the problems in the United States, again, because I was uh, on the front line um, experiencing this, um, I can tell you with confidence that it was not systematic. Um, it, it, it Definitely, there were decisions that could have been made better. There were calls that could have been made earlier. Um, there were a lot of... Uh, uh, instances that you can point to and say, yeah, yeah, we should have uh, we should have done it differently. Um, but there was no uh, there was no systemic uh, failure in the sense that we were completely off the mark by not being prepared. Um, and I can give you an example for uh, for for the longest time early in the pandemic. The concern was if patients go into respiratory failure, acute respiratory failure, to the point that they cannot breathe on their own and they need mechanical ventilation, whether we'll have adequate uh, or enough uh, ventilators. 
uh, that right. um, never became a problem. But at the same time, we actually saw how um, the the uh, extensions of the federal government as well as the local authorities have uh, flexed their muscles to provide us with uh, the required ventilators. Uh, so th this speaks to uh, a system that is, in other words, a, a, a lack of systemic problem. Uh, in on the other hand, in 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 countries like in Iran, under the the Islamic Republic, it, it was just unbelievably difficult to listen to the the stories that uh, doctors and nurses uh, would tell me on a daily basis that um, you would see um, resources like really um, high level resources like uh, ventilators essentially being uh, diverted to the regime officials and their families, how they have been, um, the calls for uh, mobilizing resources have been completely ignored because they, they were just not in this mindset um of uh trying to make a concerted effort to to fight this uh virus uh so i i think to, to people who would say this uh i i, I would uh, I, my, I would my counter is uh, you don't know what you're talking about and i i think you have to you have to just uh think of it in 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 these terms had it not been that the united states and in particular new york um become an epicenter of this uh, virus, it, it would have been a lot more easier to make the case, not because of the sheer number of patients in, in the United States, but because uh, the global media, I think, the world pays more attention to the United States. And there are many, many reasons for this. Uh, there's just about 100 times more media outlets in the United States than it is in Iran. There, there is complete freedom of information for them to report on anything and everything. Um, the vast majority of uh, global finances flows through New York City. And um, it, it, all these all play into why everyone pays more attention to the United States in general in New York City, uh, in the New York area, I should say. But if you look at the, the amount of uh, mismanagement the, the 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 scale of mismanagement that happened, um, I think probably Iran first and China second should have been uh, the the headlines nonstop. Um, unfortunately, that's not what happened, as you can clearly attest to. You, you referred to the media coverage of this virus and and the responses to it in the West, in the United States, in major cities like New York. Uh, and I think one thing that anybody across any political aisle can do uh, is say, oh, well, the media should have done this or shouldn't have done that or should have covered this story that way and not this story in that particular way. Um, but one thing that I know you and I agree on is all that aside, thank goodness we have this free press. Uh, because if you compare it to a situation like Iran, in which the free press does not exist in any way, shape or form, 
It's, it's remarkable. I mean, the media in Iran is, is controlled exclusively by the state information and propaganda services. Uh, individuals who, who try and bypass that face immense consequences. Uh, foreign channels are blocked. Uh, so in, in the time of a global pandemic, mm, doctors have been arrested for sharing public health information. Activists have been arrested for trying to tell people about the virus. Why is the Islamic Republic doing this? Why are they blocking information from people during this critical time? I mean, the short answer is because it's a totalitarian regime. And uh, a slightly longer answer is because this regime has zero regard for human life um, in general, but in particular about its subjects. Uh, in, if you, I mean, I, I, can, I can give you countless examples. There was, um, as, as you know, uh, multiple social media platforms are uh, banned in Iran and the, the, the access is restricted, but uh, there's one uh, in particular, It's I think it's actually uh, Russian-owned. Um, it's called Telegram, and right. um, that platform very is very popular insider. I think the in terms of uh, the active users, Iran is either first or second uh, wow. in the entire globe. Um, so a lot of people are on that platform. And um, I was, uh, so I was, I was a member of one of these um uh, 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 chat rooms. I, I guess the more appropriate name is uh, channels. Um, right. And uh, the the this was for uh, physicians, uh, and I think it was an it was a fairly um, exclusive uh, channel because you it was an invite only and it was only physicians. And I was invited by some uh, generous colleagues of mine uh, to just observe and uh, if if I can help in any way. Uh, and you you would see this plays out on a daily basis that there was a report that uh, Dr. So-and-so from the city of uh, Rasht spoke uh, about the seriousness of this disease. And the very next day, you would hear that he got detained. Um, and there was a very famous audio recording I think it was probably it, it was it was never 100% confirmed because as you know it's the nature of the beast in, in Iran but it, it probably was a lecture it was it was uh, 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 I think uh, the head of the uh, respiratory disease department the pulmonary division uh, in in one of the academic um, centers in Iran that essentially uh, went all out um, against the uh, mismanagement of this uh, uh, crisis. And they made him come out and um, not only recant, but say that it was not him. Wow. <laughs> so wow. he was he was made, he was forced to essentially uh, deny himself. It, it was um, it was not li by any means limited to one or two or three instances. It was just on a daily basis that you see um, every every day, uh, any time that I was not working in our own um, ICU, uh, uh, taking care of COVID patients, I would just open my phone, take a look, browse through, and see these uh, truly um, horrible news of uh, these physicians trying to um, alert the general public and then get um, arrested or worse. You know, you say that, that 
the Islamic Republic does not value uh, human life, be it Iranian or, or foreigner. And I, I think that's something that's merely borne out by the facts, be it in this coronavirus crisis or in innumerable previous examples. But it appears to me as if, if there's something else as well, as if, as if this, this harm they're causing is, is guided or, or, or is purposeful in some way. It, it appears as if there's not only uh, this mismanagement uh, or, or mistakes that are being made, but as if it's active mismanagement, active misinformation. Um, that, that seems to be playing a part here. Um, t- tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, at, at the beginning of, of this crisis, um, in Iran at least, of the, of the viruses spread in Iran, it overlapped with the um, what are called elections for what is called the parliament. I mean, these these shams, these charades, uh, which are sort of touted um, to Iranians and to the international people as uh, the democratic aspect of, of, of this regime. And, and they wanted to prevent information about the virus from getting out because they wanted people to come and vote. Um, it, it ended up being a complete failure because the people boycotted the elections. But that, that seemed to be a, a political aim that they had for hiding uh information about how dangerous this virus was. Are there other examples of that? I mean, besides not placing value on human life, does the regime stand to gain politically from this? And is that playing a role in their responses and in their arresting of doctors, of, of dissidents? It's a very interesting question. I was, uh, I remember um, chatting with uh, both uh, Iranian and non-Iranian uh, journalists online about what uh, 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 the, the the ones that were actually following this at the time, because then the uh, the, the, the Italy blew up and then New York blew up and then everyone right. kind of got distracted. But when they were paying attention, um, I, I posed that question, the same question to them, um, because I, I was I was curious and I said, do you think in at in any point the regime officials looked at this and asked themselves? How can we uh, milk this? How can we use this to our own benefit? And a lot of them surprisingly said yes. They said, one of them I remember, I, I don't think I'd be able to, I, I'm, I'm allowed to um, uh, use any names, but sure. one of them said, uh, most likely they will use this as um, uh, essentially a, 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 a talking point to say that the reason that people are dying is because of uh, the animosity uh, toward Iran by the rest of the world and uh, the sanctions and how we don't have access uh, to medicine and um, uh, uh, equipment. Um, hmm. And it was it was very uh, it was sobering for me to uh, to kind of agree with them. Uh, it's just uh, it's it's very it's a very sad state of first to to realize that that's not actually um, inconceivable. That, that that's something that was that was picked up and that was a very common sentiment. There were multiple op eds uh, written in the sort of same theme of you know Iranians are the victims of both COVID and U.S. sanctions. I mean that that was sort of the coordinated tune uh, being played for for some time. Um, it, in your conversations with doctors inside Iran, um, do, do they view sanctions as, as, as being the, the main cause of these problems? I mean, they're, they're the ones literally on the front lines with it that they would know. Of 
course, this is uh, just my own experience, and I didn't get to ask every single doctor over there. Sure. But I can give you a very, I think I can give you a very uh, instructive example. I was uh, uh, interacting with um, nurses and physicians, um, and I asked one of the nurses, uh, I asked her, what do you think, how, would, how, how can we best help? Do you think we should start organizing uh, campaigns to get um, medicine uh, to you guys? And uh, she told me that, uh, and it was it was very heart heartwarming uh, to to hear. She said that in uh, in in the city of uh, Lahijan in in northern Iran, there were community leaders, uh, essentially people uh, of uh, good standing in their own uh, community, uh, going around collecting uh, small amounts um, to fund the, the, uh, the, the requirements of the hospital. Anything from medicine to uh, protective equipment uh, to even the most advanced and uh, expensive equipment. And uh, she said that, uh, no, we, we don't have shortages. Um, it, it's just that on a systemic level, because the, um, the, the 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 hospitals, the vast majority of hospitals are actually state-run, and they rely on the government to provide these things, um, have been just left out um, to hang out to dry, and um, and they they just felt betrayed that uh, they they were not seeing the support that they expect, um, and it was very very. Uh, it was very eye-opening to to see that what what people would do in the times of crisis is very much what right. you expect um, a government to do, uh, or at least to augment. Uh, whereas it was just um, they they just left the, uh, all of these hospitals and centers uh, on their own. And not not only that, you you referred to the regime siphoning off resources that were intended for the people for themselves, redirecting medical equipment and aid for for their own personal use. Um, one of the things that was so widely covered at the beginning of of coronavirus in Iran was just how many members of the upper echelon of leadership of the Islamic Republic, even those very close to Ali Khamenei, uh, were getting sick. Uh, seemingly they uh, were able to get access to, to needed medical care. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, in addition to that, um, when you choose to do one thing, it's the opportunity cost that matters. You have to you have to always look at what else you could have done with the time and resources you had. And what we saw, I mean, it, it is nothing by, by any stretch of imagination new, um, it's just, uh, it's sad to say, but it's business as usual, um, that the funding and resources for things that the regime deems vital, um, never stopped. Uh, right. they were still fully capable of funding terrorism. They were really well placed to, uh, run their, uh, illicit operations across the globe. They continued to funnel oil money to their own uh, personal accounts. Uh, the only thing they didn't have money for was uh, for people who got stricken by this uh, 
really, really awful disease. Yeah, right. And, and, and the ramifications of that from a human life perspective have been so stark. Um, but, but around the world, this has been a, a truly devastating virus, as, as all of us know. Uh, in the United States, we've, we've lost upwards of 100,000 people to this. I think um, everybody probably knows someone who's been in, infected, if, if not unfortunately passed away. Um, in Iran, uh, regime statistics put the death number at 10,000. We, we've just passed that. With how big a grain of salt should we maybe take that number? Uh, I guess the size of Mount Everest. Um, <laughs> listen, it's it's very, uh, I, and I don't mean to, again, I don't mean to disparage the hard work of uh, ordinary citizens, but I'm um, I'm trained in public health as well. And I did my training at Imperial College of London, and we had a very famous, world-renowned, in fact, uh, public health specialist um, who was from the region. I think he was Iraqi. Uh, by born and um, uh, by birth, and he um, was telling us about all these uh, uh, stats coming out of Middle East. And he, I remember very vividly him saying that whatever number the official government of Iran puts out, we usually multiply it by five to ten. Wow. Um, so, and this was again, this was wow. not from a pandemic. This was uh, regular numbers, uh, members of the World Health Organization. Um, so it's, it's a very common practice to, to receive certain statistics from, from countries around the world. But um, this, uh, this, uh, this professor was telling us that uh, whatever number comes from, from Iran, we just don't believe it um, because right. Because and it, 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 it's 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 a question of reputation, and you would see frequently um, almost every other um, government that it's worth its name would sacrifice significant um, blood and sweat to get it right, because they 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 value that reputation. They want to be respected, right? Um, this was this has not been the case with the Islamic regime. They just don't care. Um, they they have their own um, uh, uh, area of influence, so to speak, and that's all that matters to them. They do not care how they how they are viewed uh, by the the rest of the world. So it's it's a very sad state of affairs. And again, this is not. And I remember I have um, have uh, again because of my uh, public health background. I also have friends who have worked at uh, fairly high levels in 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 the Ministry of Health uh, of Iran. And what what are, uh, what are they saying? What have they said about all this? Uh, I mean, they they fully expected this to play out the way it did uh, because they were in the, on the inside. They f knew fully well how unprepared we are and how unmoved the government will be. Um, by any number of deaths. Um, and they were very much, um, I remember talking to one of them, he was very, very clear about this. He was, he said, and um, I mean, it's it, it, it's tragic, but it also, I, I like to think, has a comedic um, value to it, uh, that he would say that um, we would do our best 
to get these numbers right. So he, he worked in southern Iran for a period of time. And he would go out. I mean, he didn't by himself because he was the he was the 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 the, 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 the head of an organization. But the, their organization, which was funded by the government, would go out and get these numbers as meticulously collected as possible, um, and then report back. And he would say that the official numbers would come out, and then I uh, compare notes, and I was just flabbergasted, like. Like, we did not send these numbers to you guys. Right. Where did you guys come <laughs> Whose up numbers with these are numbers? These, right? <laughs> Whose numbers are these? Who came up with these? Because they don't care. Like they 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 allow. I guess it's um at least it, it's it's not the the worst uh possible scenario. And uh, it's it's a very small credit that you can give. Uh, that they would they would shut these people off. They still would let them go on about doing this. And these are all initiatives that, by the way, that was started uh, before this regime. Um, the, 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 the collaborations, uh, I think, started in mid-60s, 1960s, uh, by the World, uh, World Health Organization and a lot of uh, missionaries um, in, in, in Iran. And they, uh, they, as you know, they, they made their own um, they called them, I think, the um, Sabah Donesh. Uh, yeah, the health Sabah corps, li literacy yep. corps, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, the, the health corps and the literacy corps. And they would go out and um, try their best to get these numbers right. They would go out and frequently um, get people to join the vaccination efforts. Um, and that out of that came this really nice decentralized um, system of um, healthcare that works uh, fairly well uh, considering how much money goes into it. So it's a fairly efficient system in place. Um, and and for, in fact, for the longest time, it has been uh, uh, reported by the World Health, World Health Organization as a story of success. Um, so they, they haven't shut the, those down. It's just that they really don't need them to come up with numbers. Right. Uh, they they're they're more than capable of uh, of that. Um, it's it, it's funny you say that 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 sort of falls in line with um, a, a perennial meme um, that you'll often see on on Persian language social media, and I'm I'm sure you've seen some version of it. Um, but it's 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 two things side by side. You know, often a dam or a bridge, and you know one bridge is still standing and, and one has collapsed. Uh, and, and the caption below reads, guess which of these was built before the revolution and guess which of these was built after the revolution. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate that that's the case, but it, it appears that, uh, as you say, it even applies to these sort of widespread systems. Um, we, we, we've spoken at considerable length about the impact this has had on, on doctors, on nurses, on medical staff, and, and how much they've suffered uh, and, and had to persevere through. Um, but the same can be said uh, naturally for the Iranian people. They've been um, immensely victimized by this, by the Islamic Republic's response or its lack thereof. What do you sense when you talk to Iranians? Um, or has something changed? I mean, they must be angry. They must be frustrated. Uh, by by what has happened, do, do you perceive any any change uh, in the way that they view the Islamic Republic after this crisis? 
I think it it uh, broke down yet another um, covenant between the people and our government. Um, you 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 would accept the restrictions placed by the government on your freedoms in exchange for security, in exchange for uh, uh, infrastructure, in exchange for allowing you to thrive in, in, in a society. If none of those promises are held, people will go on and about and ask themselves, why do we need this? Um, and I think it's, 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 it's really dangerous and it's really promising. Uh, but I think in short term, I expect this to be another um, indication that the uh, the government, uh, who uh, people regard with the lowest confidence, um, would yet again think of as their own enemy. Uh, the, 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 I, I was speaking with uh, like friends and, and families in San Iran, and it was very, it was a, it was a, a very palpable frustration that we we are not um, coming after you. Why do you? Why are you so cruel toward us? Mm. Why have why have you not alerted us earlier? Why do you not make any effort whatsoever? To contain this disease, mm. um, and it, I, I think what is bound to happen in due time, and I, I, I'm not a fortune teller, but I think in 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 medium term, I think this will result in yet more unrest and uh, more mass discontent. I would not be surprised at all if by um, come winter time we will have more um civil uh, unrest in iran on a, i assume on a much more massive scale and going forward the the, the protests the uprising both past ones and and any that come in the future will certainly be things that we'll we'll cover here on iran uncovered uh, but something that you said struck me um, and, and, and sort of speaking of, of protests in Iran, if we think back to November and the Aban movement, um, which got some coverage from international media outlets, uh, basically an uprising of the Iranian people, which was violently uh, put down by the Islamic Republic's security forces. Reuters uh, puts the number massacred at 1,500 other uh, Iranian human rights activists and groups put the number at even higher. I mean, it was just a scene of immense bloodshed. I mean, you had dozens of children slaughtered. I mean, Nikita Esfandiari was 14 years old. She was shot in the head. Uh, Ali Musavi was 12 years old. He was killed. There's an eight-year-old uh, girl whose identity is, is, is still unknown. She was killed by the regime. And it was, it was an absolutely brutal um, put down of this democratic movement. Uh, and But what actually struck me most was something I was just reading recently. And it was a, a report, a quote from a mother of one of the children who was killed uh, in this movement. Um, and she said, why did they have to shoot my son 
in the head or, or the chest. Why, why couldn't they have just shot him in the leg? And, and that was so stark for me that this mother who has lost her child, her, her, her request, her expectation wasn't that the government not shoot her child. It was that they merely shoot him in the leg. And, and, and that just goes to show, sort of in relation to your point, Daniel, of how little people have come to expect of, of this regime from, from a purely humanitarian perspective. Um, it, it, it's, it, it boggles the mind, um, honestly. Uh, it, Daniel, look, it, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. We're so thankful for your expert views and what you've been able to share with us, especially given your close contacts with physicians inside Iran. Are any, any final words and any things uh, our guests should, should take forward about Iran and COVID and, and, and what's happening next? Uh, no, of course, uh, it, was, it was my pleasure. Uh, I just wanted to very briefly uh, warn um, both uh, your uh, Iranian as well as non-Iranian audience that I think another wave of uh, coronavirus infections are coming in Iran. Uh, based on what I'm hearing, it never died out. It unfortunately exhausted all the vulnerable population that uh, were uh, exposed to it locally, but now it's finding its way to new communities, new, uh, uh, geography, and, uh, it's just going unnoticed. And it's, uh, it's really, uh, frustrating for, um, for, for me to see that, uh, because there's so much going on in the world, no one pays attention to this. Um, the, the, the difference is Iran is a young nation, and this disease is primarily um, taking lives of the elderly. And in, in, in localities, it would matter because if you, if you don't take any measures to protect the frail and elderly, in other other communities, the young will contract this disease and transmit to other communities. And frankly, I think this is what I'm seeing inside Iran. Um, it's just that there is no initiative um, to to stop this uh, wow. on the on the government side. We'll be sure to keep everyone in in, in our thoughts and prayers and, and continue to do what we can to share information uh, about Iran with our Western audience. Dr. Daniel Jafferi, thank you again.